Welcome to the Saturday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And today, on the beginning of your weekend, we get into Zechariah. He's the longest of the minor prophets. He's not the Zechariah. That's the father of John the Baptist. If you look in the Bible, if you have a concordance or a commentary, there are lots of Zacharias. This Zechariah is during the exilic period when they're rebuilding the temple. King Darius says, let him go back to Judah to rebuild the temple. And, you know, Haggai was one to, he kind of exhorted the people, like, come on, get it together. You got to do this. Well, Zechariah is an encourager. And he has visions. And the Lord gives him visions. And, you know, I shared yesterday about how the Lord gave me a word helping me help my son. The Lord gives visions a lot of times, too, in speaking with people. And so he gets visions. And there's eight visions he has in this book. And... uh there to encourage the people because the temple building of the temple has kind of waned off and they're not really getting it done. So here's what I can tell you. You know, we were in this project at our church to build this youth center and there was a moment there I had to leave to take my daughter to school and it's like, that whole project kind of set idle. And in the defense of our people, you know, schools were starting everywhere. So everybody was busy with their own agenda trying to get school started. But yet we were wanting to open it the week later, you know, the 1st of September, and I just said, hey, this can't happen, because when I got back, I saw nothing got done the whole time I was gone. So, you know, we regrouped, and we set a new date. Our children's pastor set a new date, and, you know, and that's my wife got a word that we needed to pray over the place, and the Lord just put everything in place, and we got it done, and we got it open. Now, there's still little things we can get done and need to get done. But the truth is, we got it done. We had a great, great open house last week, and it was awesome. So, you know, when the Lord is in it and we get encouragement in things, it motivates people. And, yeah, we, you know, we... We could have used more people, obviously, but it was cool because there's a lady making curtains for the place, and she would be there every day after work making curtains, you know, and uh, 
uh, the children's pastor and his wife, she, they would be there the days after I was there. And, you know, then we would, I started trying to make it so we could be there together, schedule my time so I could be there together. And we just, we really crunched it and got it done. And it was so cool to see that happen. So in Zechariah, the people are given these promises from the Lord because he sees that they need these encouraging words, not so much exhortation, you know. And, and the real thing is a lot of times, and I, th I see this in coaching a lot, um, a lot of times we don't need to be told what we're doing wrong. We just need some encouragement. We already know what we're missing, you know. We just need some encouragement to keep going because we can adjust to what we're missing. And so Zechariah starts out with this word from the Lord. First thing he hears is, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, return to me and I'll return to you, which is always the case. We drift from him, whether we turn completely away or whether we just run out of time for him. You know, Haggai was about priorities where we only give God what's left. And the Lord says, you know, return to me and I'll return to you, which is not saying the Lord left us, but we left him. And when as soon as we come back to him, that's when we have him in our life again. And he says, come on, remember your ancestors did that and remember what happened to them. They're, all their prophets and people, they're all, they're all long gone and they're dead. So don't die without me, he's saying. Just come on, repent, say, oh yeah, I've done, I've, I've, only giving you what's left. Come on, I, I, I need you. And there's going to be times in our life, even in our walk, where we get so busy, and that's kind of what we did with our youth center was we realized we were getting busy to the point we were more focused on the created and not the creator. So we stopped and noticed that everything that he's created that he's created for the youth center came from the creator and that he supplied it all. And that's a whole nother story in itself. So we, we gave God praise for that, prayed over the building, anointed the building and just dedicated that whole work to him. And that's kind of what the Lord's asking him here. So then he has another vision. And in that vision, he saw a man sitting on a red horse that was standing by a myrtle tree in the small valley. And behind him were riders on a red, brown, and white horse. And he asked the Lord, what do these horses mean? And he says, I'll show you. Now, that didn't happen in our, my wife's vision or word. She just got a vision that there was things there we needed to uh, rebuke and get out because we let things get ahead of us, so to speak. And so the horses were there to patrol the earth. And they were there to check things out. And so the riders went around. It's like God's angels watching over us, right? And so they report back to the one on the 
on the red horse and they say, hey, we went around patrolling the earth and the whole earth is at peace. And so when he heard this, he says, for 70 years, O Lord of heaven's armies, you've been angry with Jerusalem and the towns. How long until you show mercy to them? And the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with Zechariah, and he said, My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong, but I'm angry with the nations that are now enjoying peace and security. Remember, they, they scoured the earth, and they saw that everything was at peace. The other nations that had driven them into exile were at peace because they got what they want, and they were satisfied that they drove them crazy, right? <laughs> and the Lord says, I'm going to show mercy to Jerusalem, but I'm going to only have anger to the people that inflicted harm on them. And so his temple, the Lord's temple, will be rebuilt, says the Lord, and it will be taken with measurements. It'll be rebuilt with measurements. The towns of Israel will again flow, overflow with prosperity. I don't want to just say flow, overflow with prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. So the Lord is pleased. He's going to show mercy. And what that is is, you know, we got distracted. If we look at our own lives, we get distracted with the things of the earth that pull us away. And the Lord, that's what he doesn't want. Remember the Bible says in right in the beginning when he's doing uh, the covenant that he's a jealous God. He doesn't want things to come before us, before him. He doesn't want us to get pulled away from him. He wants us all for him, you know. And I've been in situations where I just, you know, say I don't share in personal relationships, you know. Uh, I'm not into adulterous relationships. Let's just put it that way. And so I am totally committed to my spouse, and that's how we're supposed to be with the Lord. Because remember, we are his bride, and he is the bridegroom, we as the people of Christ, the church, that make up the church. And I'm not talking about a brick and mortar. I'm talking about a people that believe that Jesus loves us and he's coming for us and we're doing what he asks us to do and we're following him. So he he says he's going to take out those that cause them to fall, have mercy on them, and his temple is going to be built to perfection with measurement. And if we think about that, anytime God gives instruction for his temple, he always gives measurement. Tells them how high, how wide, what to put in it, and all that stuff. And when I look at our youth center, I see how God directed us because we had moments there where we were like trying to figure out, do we do this? Do we do that? And we we were, it was all contemplative on money 
because we had a small, small, small budget. And the Lord made it clear to us that you have to do this, and I'll supply that. And he did. And so we did it, you know. He either put the people in the place or he made this, the product available or whatever, and it all worked out. So measurement is really cool how God takes it that way. And so then we find comfort in him when we put all of it in his hands and just watch him lead us because we return to him first. And that was a big thing for us, you know, is this is your house. This is, you know, yeah, it's a youth center, but it's your house. <laughs> it's an extension of your house. And it was just so cool to see that. So we didn't have it done in time, so we missed an opportunity. But we know there will be more opportunities ahead because there was a youth event needed a place, and we just weren't quite there yet. But I know those are going to come up, and we're – talking with the the people in charge of that so it's exciting so then he looks up Zechariah looks up and he sees four animal horns and he says what's that and uh the angel that's been talking to him the whole time says the horns represent the nations that scattered Judah Israel and Jerusalem so these are the nations that were responsible for the exile. But then when he looks up again, he sees four blacksmiths. And he says, what are these men going to do? And the angel said, the four horns, which are the nations that scattered and humbled Judah, now are going to be terrorized by these blacksmiths who are coming to throw them down and destroy them. So the Lord has a way of, once we return to him, the Lord has a way of getting those enemies out of our mindset once and for all so that we don't have to deal with them. So chapter two is all about how once these enemies are out, the Lord is going to protect us. And he talks about, in this next vision, how he's going to see Jerusalem. and Because he's got a man there with a uh, measuring line. And he's like, what's that for? He goes, I'm measuring how wide and how long it's going to be. Because you're going to be so busy, so full. So the city's going to be so big and full of people again that there won't be room for everyone. And then this is, this is a scripture. If you don't get anything else out of today, this is the promise from the Lord. And I use this for our people. I pray this over my kids all the time because they're scattered about with school and stuff. And, and I pray this over our church and our families. Then the Lord says, then I myself, Zechariah 2.5, then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord. And I will be the glory inside the city. The Lord's going to protect them with a protective wall of fire around the city. And that's the protective wall of fire we need around us everywhere because we need his glory inside us so that when we go from point A to point B, we have so much God inside us that the enemy can't get us. When we go into those situations where the enemy is running rampant and 
people come at us because of our faith. They can't get under our skin because we're protected by that wall of fire that the Lord provides us every day because we are a walking Jerusalem, the Lord's city, a city of David, a city of Zion, you know? And that's the promise he gives us. I myself will be a protective wall of fire around you. Take out Jerusalem and put your name in there says the Lord, and I will be the glory inside in your name. And the Lord is there for that. And anyone who harms my most precious possession, I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's army has sent me. This is the encouragement that Zechariah's given the people because they, he wants them to know that if they just do what the Lord has asked them to do, he's going to be there with them. And here's a messianic prophecy. We don't always see this, but this is it. I will live among you, and you will know the Lord of heaven's army sent me to you. Keyword sent me to you. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Because not only is it talking for today, their moment in time of the day, because, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit is going to live amongst them then. But he's talking messianically that the Lord, the the Son of God is coming to Jerusalem. He's going to live amongst them. And then the Lord's special possession in the Holy Land will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Ah, man. Be silent before the Lord all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. And that's how we close today. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's like super encouraging, man. That's like he's coming, he's here, he's going to dwell amongst us, he's gonna, and when we let him run our life, he's going to put this wall of fire around us and protect us from the, the naysayers, and he's just going to be with us all the time. I mean, isn't that good? So this Saturday, as we get ready to prepare for our Sabbath tomorrow, let's just realize that when we go in there and Satan's trying to say, yeah, you don't really want to be here. Let's pray that wall of fire around us, that protective, protective wall of fire around us and let his Holy Spirit be the strength within us. And let that be the thing that drives us. Let me read it to you one more time. Zechariah 2.5. Then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around your name. Put it in there. Says the Lord. And I will be the glory inside your name. Wow. Take that with you this weekend. And worship the Lord with all you got. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your magic.